Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the FPL Banger podcast. My name is Siva. I'm joined by Sam for the Game Week 32 preview. We're both on free hit, Sam. And how good did it feel to see Mo Salah scoring on the final game of the Game Week last week? It was good, man. I always had faith in Mo Salah throughout this entire season. <laughs> Never once slacked him off or Liverpool for that fact. Always had faith in them. I will say this. It honestly looks like they're the Liverpool of old. I don't know if that's just Leeds being so bad. But there's this one phase of play. I don't know if you've seen it. But at towards the end of the game, there are like four Liverpool players all ganging up on a Leeds midfielder. 90th minute. And, they, you know, 6-1 up. They're still going for it. Is our Liverpool really back? I think, yes. <laughs> That's a short answer. Um, you know, they've had a tough season with injuries and all that, mentally, and then getting knocked out of the Champions League. I think now they are kind of mentally reset, if that makes sense. With players coming back in, everyone's kind of like, I don't know, having fun, I guess, maybe, if that makes sense. You know, Trent's in a new position, Jota's back, and... Just things are getting better, so everyone's just having fun playing. And, you know, the mental state plays a big part, you know, at this stage of the season, especially um, if you have something that you still can chase for. In Liverpool's case, if they really do well, they can chase for a top four place, you know. It's a long shot, right? They're on 47 points, so they are six behind Spurs with the game in hand, nine behind uh, Newcastle. Uh, with the same number of games played. But it's it's not impossible. I think what's probably more likely is they're fighting for maybe a Europa League spot. But they definitely look Conference more motivated. <laughs> <laughs> but they definitely look more motivated. They, they look, ever since that comeback against Arsenal, maybe that's what they needed to turn it around. But either way, they've got such a good game this week. They play Forest, right? And Forest are windless in 10. Like, the wheels have completely come off uh, at Forest. They, they offered nothing against United. Uh, in that game for me. And we have a question here from FPL Snooze, uh, long-time listener of the pod. Which are your three Liverpool players this week? And, you know, for those of us who, who aren't on free hit, right? So you, you and me, Sam, we're both on free hit. So this is pretty easy. Uh, not easy, but, you know, we've got a lot of options this week. But for those who aren't on free hit, it's probably good to load up on Liverpool anyway, I'd assume, with your transfers, simply because good fixtures going forward and a really good fixture this week. Yeah, next week they have... Um, not next week, sorry. Two weeks from now in the double game week, they have two home games. So you definitely want Liverpool players for that. Yep, agreed. And that's probably why we both went one week early on Salah, uh, which has worked out. You know, next week they get... Uh, they play West Ham away, decent fixture. Then Spurs and Fulham, as you said, in the double game week at home. In terms of the top three Liverpool options, going into the Forest game, Okay, so Salah essential, right? I, I don't think there's any need to discuss that. Who's the second guy who you would say after Salah takes priority? Trent, right? Has to be Trent. So I think Salah and Trent should be non-negotiables in your free hit. And if you're not free hitting, should probably also be your priority transfers in this week. And Trent, I mean, for those who aren't seeing the games, right? Trent is now playing this sort of... Uh, is it? It's yeah. He's <laughs> playing in the field. Yeah. yeah, Klopp's sort of stealing a page out of uh, Pep's book, right? He's playing Trent as this inverted midfielder, whatnot, and it's 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 working, right? Three assists in the last two, six chances created. He looks way more advanced. 
And if they kept the clean against Leeds, which kind of unfortunate, they only conceded one goal early in the second half against uh, Sinistera, I think, who scored. Apart from that, they looked very untroubled. If he had kept the clean, that's a double-digit haul. And I didn't, don't think this is even a conversation, right? Then everyone's getting Trent in. It's yeah. just because he has nine uh, points instead of 14 people are sort of discussing it. Even then, I think, um, majority of people on free hit will probably have Trent. One thing to add also in his new role is that he seems to be getting even more bonus points, partly because uh, he's making more successful passes um, and less speculative crosses, if that makes sense. Because every cross that you make that um, is unsuccessful, you get BP minus stuff, right? BPS minus stuff. So in this new role, he seems to be getting even more bonus. So that's another plus for him. Yeah, I think Trent and Salah locks in your team. No argument you can make against it. So let's talk about the third pick because that's where the interest is, right? Start of the week, I think before the Leeds game especially, I looked at my first free hit draft and I definitely had Robertson in there just because kind of default, you know, easy pick to go for. Forrest looked like they're struggling to score goals, uh, haven't scored in their last two. And it, they're sort of shuffling the front pack. Like I think they played Brendan, uh, Brendan Johnson and Taiwa Awoni to start against United, but didn't really offer anything going forward. Away from home as well, Forrest have the worst away record in the entire league. But as the week has progressed and as you see the Leeds game, you think, okay, maybe I can chase a bit of upside, right? That's kind of the reason I think both of us went for Salah instead of, say, Trent last week. We wanted to get the attacker. And if Liverpool are going to run riot, do you, first of all, are you taking an attacker over Robertson, considering the fact that any attacker you pick is going to be less nailed than Robertson? Is he? Because there's every chance, I think, that Robertson comes off early or low chance, but it's a possibility that Robertson doesn't even start, right? Low chance, like I said, it's a low chance, but there is that possibility. So, anyway, to answer your question, Siva, yes, I am going for an attacker. I think that's more upside. We only got so few game weeks left. Let's chase the points, go for someone with a higher ceiling. Okay, so who's the attacker, right? Because uh, you've got Jota, who hadn't scored in over a year before the Leeds game. He had played 20 games in that time, and he hadn't scored in a year. But then scores two, gets the assist, arguably man of the match. But he had a really poor start. Like, if you watch the game, first 30 minutes, misplacing passes, he looked really out of shape. And then suddenly it all just clicked, created the first goal for the second goal for Salah, and just looked really good after that. Gakpo has been starting reasonably regularly, um, was benched against Chelsea, but beyond that has typically started. His output is okay. Like I looked at his XG and I looked at his chances. They're decent, nothing to shout about. Um, Definitely a step down from what he was doing in the World Cup and what he was doing in the Eredivisie before this. Diaz and Nunes are both back. And Nunes did come on and score. Diaz also came on against Leeds. So I don't think you're going to get 90 minutes out of either of these guys. So, I assume you're picking between the two of them, Sam. Who's the guy you're going for? Right now, I am has settled on Gakpo. Yeah, just changed it this morning. In fact, Siva, it was on Jota after the game. I mean, you you look at it like, wow, two goals. I'm gonna get Jota in. But then, for the reasons you already said, right, Siva, his his first goal in a year, more than Three, a year, three hundred and seventy-two days to be exact. <laughs> So, 
I mean, I think Jota is very important to the Liverpool attack. His pressing and what he offers up top really helps. And he seems to have gotten a good connection with Gakpo as well. You saw them celebrating the goal together. <laughs> they were really happy for each other. So it looks good, but if Jota is doing the pressing, creating the space, I, you know, logic says then that means Gakpo or Salah will be the ones getting in, stop scoring the goals. But it's really close, I think. I thought about it for a long time, but in the end, I decided if you got two players, roughly the same price, roughly 50-50, wouldn't you pick the one who's out of position? The one who's in the midfield who gets an extra point for a goal plus clean sheet points. So that's why I went for Gakpo. Yeah, and on that point, right? So Gakpo's midfielder, Jota's a forward this season. I think what also helps Gakpo is I just think there are a few more options in the forward line. We're going to talk about them as we go on. But I think you have more strikers to pick from this week compared to midfielders. I think with the midfielders, in terms of nailed on, like I want these guys in my team, you're kind of stuck with the Liverpool and Arsenal guys for me. Uh, There are some options we'll talk about, but I think you've got way more choice in the forwards. And for that reason, it's kind of backwards reasoning, but that is basically why I prefer Gakpo over Jota. Hmm. I, I heard that argument. However, I do have a lot of midfielders I want, Siva. <laughs> I wish I could play more players. So, I feel like there are equal options in the midfield and the forward lines. So you could create a team with Gakpo. You could create a good team without Gakpo if you choose to just have two Liverpool players. Same with the forward lines. And then we'll go through all the options now. So, so yeah. yeah. But does it mean we are both in agreement with Gakpo over Jota. Annoyingly, it sounds like that because we don't discuss our teams before we come on the pod. I was kind of hoping you would probably go for Robertson or Van Dyke or something silly. You know, Van Dyke had an assist which was disallowed for Salah's... Uh, I think Salah scored a goal. So, which, yeah, he was ruled offside. So, we, you know, I was hoping you'd go somewhere else but it sounds like we're both on Gakpo. Also, I think just to round off, right? For those people not on free hit, I wouldn't touch either of these guys. I think we can be very clear on that. I don't think they are nailed week to week for minutes. I, I wouldn't want to be checking the lineup each week to check whether Gakpo or Jota starts. It's only this week, you're on free hit, I feel it can take a one-week risk. Agreed, agreed. So let's talk about the other mids. Because we had a question here uh, from FPL Osama about Andreas Pereira, Willian, or a Palace midfielder. So presumably, we're talking about uh, Eze Olise, I'm guessing. No other Palace midfielder I can think of, but I'm sure Sam... Jordan, you... Jordan Ayu? Why did you not mention Jordan Ayu? First of all, I'm surprised that Jordan Ayu is a midfielder. That's that's how little I have considered Jordan Ayu this season, right? I didn't even know he's classified as a mid. Let's talk to midfielders who are not uh, Arsenal or Liverpool midfielders for now, right? Since you say, you know, because this comes back to the Jota Gakpo question, right? You say there are a lot of midfielders you want to pick from. I'll be honest with you, the only one I considered was Abere Eze, because I thought he's picked up three goals in the last two games, both goals against Southampton. But it does feel like it's hard for him, going to be hard for him to replicate that. Like, his second goal, especially against Southampton, is a really long-distance shot, and probably Bazunu should do better. Like, I'm not sure if he replicates that week in, week out, whereas I feel comfortable taking a striker. But you talk to me, Sam, about these mids, and, and the question here. Fulham mids versus Palace mids. It's really tough to call, right? Between um, Izzy and Olise. They are both 
I don't know. They're, they're similar price points for one. And they both seem involved in the attack. I went as a... Simply because he seems like he can get something every match. Whereas Olis, I think... Although he plays well, um, he may return one game and not. So I went for someone with a higher floor. Which I feel Eze has. I like both players though. Really like both of them. However, let me hit you with some Jordan Ayu stats. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. Why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? No, no, I'm taking you very seriously. Please go ahead. Okay, let me bring it up. Now, this is not my own stats, okay? I'm, I'm reading actually from um, Big Man Baka on Twitter. But he did post out his thread. Um, and it's something that I have kind of noticed in previous in the past few games, but I did not have the numbers for it. He put it up. So here we have shots in the box between Izzy, Olis, and Ayu. Two for Izzy, one for Olis, and six for Ayu. This is since um, Zaha's injury, right? He also has the most penalty area touches, 17 versus 7 and 5 for the others. And the most XG. Jordan Ayu actually could be a really sneaky differential this week. But I'm not going for him. <laughs> very, very qualified endorsement here. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, if you want something sneaky, you know no one else is going to have Ayu. Go for it. I'm going for Izzy. Again, like I said, he probably has the highest floor among all of them. Or at least as much as we've seen so far in the past three games. Don't really have much um, sample size, right, for... Palace under Hodgson this year. So all we have is the past three games and he looks good. Looks very involved in every attack. I'm definitely letting a lot of past bias... This is this is a problem, right? If I had never watched Palace before this season, I'd tell you, yeah, sure. John Ayu seems like an interesting punt. But I, I find it very hard to divorce all my biases, which is bad because you, you shouldn't bring those. Okay, but John Ayu hasn't scored... Okay, he's now scored... Three goals this season, right? He scored the two uh, in the Leeds game, right? Which Jordan Ayu scoring two goals in a single game. Jordan Ayu hasn't scored more than three goals a season. I mean, he's only done it like once in the last five years. You have to go back to 2019-2020 for him to <laughs> even score more than five goals in a season. In his entire career, like going all the way back to when he first started off, he hasn't scored double digits the last time he did it was in 2014-2015, okay? In Ligon, right? He hasn't done it at Villa, hasn't done it at Swansea, hasn't done it at Palace. So it's it's a big leap for me to sort of consider Jordan Ayu. But it is one week, right? And it is just a one-off game. Yeah. And I will say that Everton look like... They look... They just don't look like they're up for this. Like, they, they really were poor against Fulham, uh, considered the three goals. They just don't seem to have a proper game plan. And hands up, Hodgson has done an amazing job. Palace have looked really good since he came in. Uh, so I don't mind the Jordan Ayu shout. It does seem like he plays a little more advanced than Eze. So even his finishing isn't that good. He's definitely playing closer to goal. Like for the first goal that Eze scored against Southampton, it's from a Jordan Ayu shot. So it's a rebound off a Jordan Ayu shot, which he then gets. So I can I can kind of see the logic. Even though I my first instinct is, I, in no way am I considering... Uh, are you over these other mids who on paper seem like such better players? Maybe Jordan Ayu is the guy to go for if you're looking for sort of an explosive... And, you know, it's a perfect free hit pick because you're never going to want to own him. But as a one-off shout, maybe. Maybe I'm just 
I got to get rid of my biases here. Yeah, just an interesting punt, I guess, if you want to go for it. However, Siva, Palace mid or Andreas Pereira slash Willian or Fuller mid. This is a big dilemma I'm facing right now. And I'm going to throw another name into the mix there because these are all players around the same price point. There is one more player who I am really interested in. However, like I said, we have very few. We have only so many slots, right? And that guy is um, Ramsey. Jacob Ramsey of Aston Villa. 5.2 mil, so really cheap. And he's been doing really well the past few weeks. Um, returned 4 out of the five, the past 5 game weeks with 2 goals and 3 assists. Double digit haul last week. 13 points. A really interesting shout, I think. He looks really involved now in the Villa attack. So just another name I'm throwing in there. I had it in my team for as a really as a pun. Although he's on the bench right now, haven't sought out my free hit bench yet. But yeah, really deciding between playing either one of a Palace mid, a Fuller mid, or Ramsey. That's interesting. I didn't expect you to say Jacob Ramsey, because it's been a really long time since we considered. Jacob Ramsey is like a proper FPL pick, right? I think you have to go back to sometime like middle of last season when he had that run when he was scoring. I Honestly, this is something, again, former biases, right? He had a really poor run under Gerard, But in, yeah, like you say, in his last yeah, five games... Everyone, everyone had a poor run under Gerard. Yes. And, and Villa is one of those teams where you really need to sort of... Uh, I, like, I, I think we're both really glad we played Watkins last week because I did see some people benching him. But Villa under Emery, I mean, they've scored Watkins in all of his games. Will never leave my team since I brought him in. <laughs> yeah, and full credit to you, right? You went Watkins early. But just talking about Villa in general, right? Um, what is it? I think they've played eighteen games under Emery and they've scored in every single one. For league form in twenty twenty three, they are second best only to City. They're only two points behind City for points in twenty twenty three. They're playing basically title race kind of form under Emery, so I do think they can get a result at Brentford. They've beaten Spurs away. They've beaten Chelsea away. I mean, they've beaten United and they've beaten Newcastle since Emery came in. So there's no reason why they can't win at a Brentford team that kind of looks like they're sort of flagging. Losing at Wolves is a very bad result for anybody. So I do think they can get a result at Brentford. Jacob Ramsey is interesting because I, I do have a lot more faith in the Villa attack than I do in all the other teams we're talking about. I don't like the Fulham mid simply because they don't have Dan James available this week. Dan James played up front against Everton and did really well and scored. But he won't be available because it's Leeds, so parent club he can't play. And therefore, Andreas is okay. Like, he'll probably play a much more advanced role, probably on pens. But I do think their attack struggles without, like, a, a good focal point and they don't have Mitro, so they have to play Vinicius. So I'm kind of lukewarm on a Fulham mid. Although Leeds were really bad, like, I feel... I'm just not keen on Willian or Pereira. I, I like the Jacob Ramsey shot. You, you're getting me interested, Sam. Although I still think ultimately none of these guys, I guess we have to come to the next question, right? So if you're taking one of these midfielders, you have to then presumably, because again, I'm assuming, Sam, you're going to have, we said Gakpo and Salah, right? Now I'm going to assume you have double Arsenal mids. Would you confirm that? No, I do not. Oh, good God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So you mean to tell me that you are 
taking one of these. Okay, they all sound like interesting options, but you got to take one of these budget mids ahead of us. Arsenal midfielder. Ahead yeah. of Southampton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bottom of the league, Southampton. Okay, let's then let's address it. Who are your Arsenal picks? Martinelli, of course, naturally. Jesus and a defender. Okay. I'll... <laughs> I'll Explain. So, I think of all the positions this week, the hardest to fill is the defense. And looking at fixtures, I would think Arsenal stand a good chance of keeping a clean sheet against Southampton. Yes, there's an argument to be made. If you go three attackers, you have higher floor, a uh, higher ceiling, sorry. Yeah, higher ceiling. But like we mentioned earlier, there's a lot of options in the forward line. There's a lot of options in the midfield. Not so many options in the defense, I feel. So to me, although I would understand if anyone goes three attackers, but to me, I think this is the best balance for the team. Two attackers and one defense. At home against Southampton. Yeah. I, I'm not with you on this. Okay, I'm sorry. I, I get the logic, right? So I will say this. You're probably going to get six points from your defender that you pick. Uh, Ooh, because Ben White has been, you know, has been on a roll. That's fair. Ben White has looked really good and attacking-wise. He did return again that day. He, he is doing well. But I do think the ceiling is with the attackers simply because Saints have been really poor. They're rock bottom of the league. So they're, they're probably going to get smashed. And Arsenal's flaws over the past few weeks have been in defense, right? Not attack. Uh, I think we can agree on that. Especially in the first, what, 30 minutes against West Ham and Liverpool. They look like they can blow teams away. If anything, they're just getting complacent. They run into leads and then they just sort of... They get too comfortable. And that's when they get pegged back. I think... Another thing to consider, and this is not going to be mentioned by a lot of people because they're not nerds, right? But I do look at Southampton's lineups and they've been playing Carl Walker-Peters at left-back and Ainsley Maitland-Niles on the right-back. Hey, but Maitland-Niles... Maitland-Niles is not a former Arsenal player, mate. He's a current Arsenal player. Uh-huh. Oh, he's on loan. Okay. He's on loan. So he will uh-huh. not be available. So they have to play Roman Parod, uh at... I, I, I don't know why I even oh, no. know this. Parod's going to score. I, I see it coming. Yeah, it's such useless information that I know that South, you know who Southampton's starting left back is. But anyway, so they're going to play Perot. So Perot against Saka. Perot hasn't been playing the last few games. So automatically, it's Saka against a guy who's presumably so bad that they're willing to play maintenance Niles ahead of him. So that already, I think, is a good uh, a good piece of news for Saka. He missed the pen, but Arteta and everybody seemed to be very confident in backing him after it. So my guess is he keeps pens. And I think that, if anything, is just going to motivate him further. Must-win game for Arsenal. And honestly, probably need to win by a few goals now because they've allowed goal difference to become quite a huge factor by letting giving up all these points ahead of the City game on Wednesday. I think an Arsenal attacker is the way to go. I don't... And I think you said there aren't enough good defender picks. So we're... I think we have to address that, right? Trent, easy pick. For me, Trippier is still an easy pick. His attacking numbers are still pretty decent in terms of chances created. He's playing Spurs, and you know, for all Newcastle's defensive issues, Spurs suck. Okay, like I think Spurs will probably get beaten at uh, St James. And if you just need a third defender, I'm going to suggest you someone. We come back to Villa. I think Alex Moreno, Sam. Ah, I'm, yes. So Alex Moreno has. I posted a stat on Twitter today. 
Alex Moreno has created more chances than anybody, any other fullback in the league from open play, apart from Estupinan. I think it's one chance less. Alex Moreno is creating these chances for guys like Ollie Watkins who can finish. And in fact, not only did Moreno get the assist this week against Newcastle, he also got an offside assist. So two minutes before they scored the goal, Moreno did almost the exact same thing. He ran through, past Joe Linton, threw pass for Ollie Watkins, who was just offside. So that goal is disallowed. But then two minutes later, he creates the goal anyway. I think he'll probably have some fun against this Brentford defence, which looks shaky. And a Brentford defence, which allowed Diego Costa to score a goal, okay? (laughs) (laughs) So that's how bad they are. Because Diego Costa hasn't scored in like a Premier League goal in like something like 2,000 days. Okay, It's his first goal in 800 days in all comps or something like that. And that goal came from the left flank. It was uh, Totti uh, playing on the left flank for Wolves. He creates that goal. So all of this is adding up. I think Alex Moreno has just looked really good since he came in. Emery's only signing in the window, right? He seems to fully trust him. So I think that's a good punt to take. I don't yeah. think you need an Arsenal defender. Long story short. I agree with Moreno. I have Moreno on my team. The What I did dun, 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 is I benched Trippier. It's on my bench. Very risky, I admit that, because of his extremely high ownership. Not only within free hit squads, but anyone who isn't having a free hit also has Trippier. So, very risky. I'm just betting that Spurs will score. Still lose, but probably score. And praying, I guess, that Trippier is not involved in the goals they score. Such a Sam thing to do. Like, the most heavily owned player is the one that you are decided that you're going to bench. I mean, on a free hit, yes. On any normal week, I will still keep him. But I think free hit's the opportunity to maybe make a mistake, but maybe push ahead of everyone, right? It's just one week. I do still want Trippier in my team for the rest of the season. But since I have this opportunity of taking a one-week punt, I decided to not go with Trippier this week. Okay, so your backline is Trent, Moreno, and Ben White, presumably. Yeah, for now. As we all know, free hit squads will not be the same. Siva will probably change his free hit squad after posting it on Twitter, so <laughs> I'm waiting for that, Siva. I, I won't lie. Like I've changed it probably like four times. We, we do uh, content for TikTok, and I post my team there fairly early, and I've already changed it since then. But I will tell you that my backline has largely remained constant, and it is Trent, Moreno, and Trippier. I'm aware that Moreno has probably the lowest clean sheet potential because he's not playing at home, he's playing away. But I think the attacking potential sort of balances it out. And to your point, like I, it allows me to have an Arsenal attacker, an extra one. And I do think that's kind of just valuable. I like having, like my midfield is pure, Liverpool and Arsenal. So I, who is the extra midfielder who you will likely go with, Sam? Since you're not going with double Arsenal mids, but you are going double Liverpool mids. Uh, to wrap up that section, who's the budget mid who's making it in for you? One of Izzy and Ramsey. And it's not about budget, right? I have like, I don't know. Oh yeah, we all got money. A lot of money in the bank. It's just, looking at them, I like the upside that they can provide. Good differentials. Good fixtures too. So, one of Izzy or Ramsey. Still undecided. Alright, fair enough. I can't I can't argue too much because I did have Eze in an earlier draft. The reason I took him out, and that'll come to, I think, sort of the final question I want to wrap up in terms of 
uh, the positions we're looking at. We had a question here from FPL Osama about Solanke versus Tony. I will admit, start of the week, I was very lukewarm on Solanke, but then I started looking at some numbers. And since sort of towards the back end of January, Bournemouth are consistently scoring more than one XG in each game. That's kind of important because it, Again, you don't watch these teams often enough. You're never going to watch a Bournemouth game like out of choice, right? Unless your team is playing them. <laughs> no offense. <laughs> but uh, always our perceptions, right? Start of the season, especially Bournemouth, so defensive. Very negative team. You, most of their games, they had less than 1xG, probably 0.5xG in a lot of their games. Since they've made some signings in January, they've signed you know, Dango Tara, Hamet Traore. They do look like they are. Matthias Wiener from Roma. All these players where I play on FIFA and I think that's oh, really good. And so, <laughs> so I don't know, maybe one with somebody. Because Gary Neal doesn't seem like the kind of guy, I'm being very stereotypical here, you know, but he doesn't seem like the kind of guy who wants all these guys in. But they, he has integrated them well. They are playing a more attacking kind of style of football. And consistently posting in their last, I think it's 12 games, they've had more than one XG in every game except for the Liverpool win, which they won zero, 0.9 XG. Tight game they needed to defend in that one. So I do think there's probably justification now for a Bournemouth attacker. I also think Bournemouth versus West Ham is a more... It's a better matchup than, say, Brentford v Villa. I just think Villa is in such good form. So, first of all, let's deal with the forwards. Are you having either Solanke or Tony? And if you are, which one? I'm not. Okay, of course. (laughs) (laughs) I I have to admit, Solanke was in my team... um, in my earlier free hit draft, I did not consider Tony because Brentford, I think, has looked kind of off it this past few weeks, right? So It's interesting, right? We both have, I mean, you have Tony in your actual team, right? No, okay. I don't. I do. And I will, I'm with you. Like, I haven't considered him at all. Although he is reasonably, like, high up on goal scoring odds and predicted points and all that stuff. Maybe because he's home and it's Tony and he's got pens what's the deal? Why aren't we taking him more seriously? Is it just the fact they're playing Villa? Yeah, I think so. Fixtures one, two, Brentford's lost three games in a row. Admittedly, two of those were against United and Newcastle. Tough games, but then they lost to Wolves. Let Wolves score two goals. <laughs> and I don't know, just as a whole, I think there's more upside chasing if you get someone else, I guess. I get free hit... In a week like this, where a lot of people are playing their free hit, you want to chase a high ceiling as well. I don't know. Just a gut feeling, I guess, maybe. I don't feel good about Tony this week. Yeah, it just feels like a hard fixture. That's all. Like, look, I mentioned, right? Villa have, I think it's four cleans in their last seven away games since the World Cup. So they, they look like they're sort of figuring that out, the defense and... Therefore, it just feels, like you say, ceiling. Maybe we're being fickle, right? Because it's free hit, we're purposely going different. Now, you mentioned you're not going for Solanke. So talk to me about that. Why isn't Solanke making your final draft? And I guess, who is making your draft in your, as your forwards? Um, I had Solanke for a long time. And yesterday, I decided to switch it to Isak. It's kind of boring because I have Isak in my normal team. So I was really fighting against it, right? Like, if you're playing a free hit... You want to get rid of your, your real your players from a normal team. That's what makes it fun. But then I look at Spurs and how badly they've played. Then again, Newcastle at home, always very strong. Now, I don't have 
Trippier, or I'm benching Trippier, right? So I am expecting Newcastle, um, I'm expecting Spurs to score, but at the same time, I am expecting Newcastle to score more. Thus, Alexander Isak is there. However, however, this is not finalized, right? I'm still kind of undecided on it. Right now, I would say I'm maybe 60% set on Isak, but it could change to someone else. I'm even considering changing it to a midfielder and then playing 3 5 2. You definitely like the midfield options way more than I do, so I think that's probably where you're coming from. I'm largely committed to 3 4 3. I did, it's funny, I had Isak in my first draft and now I've gone to Solanke. But I'm open to it simply because I look at, first of all, Spurs were awful against Bournemouth, right? You know, it's still considered three against Bournemouth. So I do worry that maybe Solanke looks better because he was playing Spurs. That's one thing. And maybe West Ham, a little more desperate for a result, will just be tighter. And probably that is a game where, logically speaking, look at the table, right? Bournemouth and West Ham have sort of gotten some room. If they draw that game, it's probably a decent result for both of them. So maybe True. there isn't there a motivation is also, to score. There's also the factor that West Ham plays Europe, right, on Thursday. So they may be more tired. We are recording before West Ham's uh, Europa League game. It's hard to say how strong a team they play because it's Europe, yes, but honestly, it's the Conference League, right? Like, like <laughs> I mean, I every other team is around West Ham's level, you know? It's not an easy game. It's not a hard game, I would say. No, I, I think actually what what I'm saying is that you'd have to be really silly, I think, to play your best players and to play them for 90 minutes. Like, my guess, they didn't play a strong team in the first leg. That's probably why they drew. I, they're playing Ghent, and I I, I think Moyes has to prioritize think, the league. But they do have a real chance of bringing in silverware. European silverware, yes, it's the conference league, but still, you know, it's as much as a club at that level should, can hope for, you know. It's it's basically the Inter Toto Cup, mate. It's, it's, nobody cares, right? <laughs> Don't tell that to Moreno, okay? One thing I will say, it's interesting, right? So, Bookie's odds probably, uh, Solanke probably is maybe slightly higher. One thing, Solanke is on pens. Isaac, debatable, right? Uh, if he's on the pitch and Wilson isn't, he's on pens. But we haven't seen a penalty given, I as far as I can recall, where they're both on the pitch. So, that is something to consider. It does seem like Isaac is the first choice, and I think you were right about this a few weeks ago, Sam, that his benching against West Ham was sort of a one-off. Although, the fact that they lost at Villa, do you think that pushes how to make some changes? It's possible, but again, Villa is really strong, right? But it is possible, so the risk is there as well. I wouldn't say I'm... I, would, I wouldn't lie and say that I'm not worried about it. However, I do expect Isaac to start now, whether he gets subbed off at 60th minute, you know, if if it's if, if if Newcastle hasn't scored or something like that, it's always the possibility. I don't know how much you st- store by this, Sam. We, we try not to speak too much about stats because it can get a bit dry. But I, I look at 538. So 538, you do all these predictions, right, for games. And especially during the World Cup, they do a lot of match-by-match predictions. So for their predictions for this week's round of Premier League fixtures, they have Arsenal at 76% to win, Liverpool at 78% to win. Their third highest is Newcastle at 55% to beat Spurs. They actually predict Bournemouth to lose to West Ham, but very narrowly. And that kind of let, lines up with sort of the eye test, right? Spurs have looked really leggy. They, they look like they're sort of un- demotivated. Again. I guess they still have effectively the same coaching staff as they did under Conte. So 
maybe Isak is the logical option. It was my first instinct to go for Isak after that result against uh, Bournemouth. So maybe maybe Isak, Sam. And definitely not Callum Wilson, I guess. Because we're yeah. not sure yeah. he starts. It's so funny. I'm actually like looking for excuses not to have Isak in my team. I don't want him there. I don't want anyone from my normal team there except for, you know, Salah, I guess. You're starting to sell me on and Isak. Watkins. And Watkins, yeah. You're definitely starting to sell me on Isak, I think. Uh, maybe. It also, just generally a better team, right, than Bournemouth. So maybe Isak over Solanke is the play. And Spurs' defense has been so bad the past few games. So bad. Yeah. Okay, I'm starting to, I'm starting to get there. Okay, Watkins, not up for debate, right? So we're all going to have Watkins on free hit. It, it's stupid to bet, bet against him. What is it? 10 goals in 12 games or something like that? Yeah, just have it. I would just like to point out that when the week I brought in Watkins, I got a lot of flack for it, I think. Because <laughs> I, I think everyone was going Harvard or something stupid like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, who's laughing now? Yeah, okay. Uh, let's move on. <laughs> Pot has taken a different turn. I, I, I'm mildly amused by people who have Chelsea attackers. Although I'm also mildly annoyed that I still own Chilwell and I cannot wait to sell because... Sidebar on Chelsea, right? But they've offered absolutely nothing. And I'm glad, you know, because we, we said Lampard was a horrible pick and he would do nothing to improve this team. And he has done nothing to improve this team. They played Kante in attacking midfield against Madrid. Uh, I would argue that he's actually regressed the team. Made them worse. Because they were comfortably mid-table under Graham Potter. And now with Lampard, they're they probably comfortably... Upper lower table, if that makes sense. They, yeah, <laughs> they are slightly below mid table. He has he's helping them to chase a relegation spot. Like they will probably fail, but but he's he's doing his best. Um, <laughs> okay, that's that's enough. Uh, week, weekly Lampard bashing aside, right? Uh, we spoke about Watkins. So Watkins, the nailed other forward. Let's wrap up in terms of you. Don't seem to be very keen on a third forward. So I'm surprised because that means what you're not you know. You're not considering Kane, presumably, and you're not considering, I don't know, we're not taking Tony, but why not Kane? Spurs are bad. Newcastle are good at home. I, I do expect some of them to score. Upside, I guess, upside. Kane, one goal at most, maybe. Although I have to say, Sun looks like he's been doing well in the past few weeks. Let's return. Um, let me bring it up. Sun yeah. Heung-min, yes. Two goals in a row in two game weeks. And then if you look back in the past five game weeks, that's three goals and one assist. So it's been looking better, but Spurs as a whole, kind of bad. I just don't really want any Spurs players right now on my team. It's a fixture player, ultimately, I think. It's Newcastle away. It's it's a hard fixture for anybody in the league, right? United lost their 2-0 a few weeks ago. So I think that's just why we're not going Spurs. Jesus, a lock for you? It, it is for me, but I, I see a lot of teams where, who don't have Jesus. Oh, yeah, yeah. Locked in, definitely. Has returned every single week since he came back. I mean, yeah. fully came back, right? Aside from the, the cameos that he made on the yeah, way every, on the road. Yeah. In all of his starts. I'm a little not, not concerned. I'm, I'm um, annoyed that he may get subbed off early. And actually, I think he will get subbed off probably on 60 or 70 because we need to keep people ready for the City game. 
but it's Southampton. I, I, my guess is if he's being subbed off, it probably means we won the game, in which case he's probably scored the goals by then. Yeah, and sometimes it can play into their hands because if they're a lock for bonus points and they get subbed off, because as you know, every shot that is off target, he gets points minus off. Every pass that's misplaced gets points minus off, blah, blah, blah. So in the past three games, right, he's been subbed off early, but he's had bonus points in every single one of those fixtures. Um, I, I, I think that that adds up very nicely. Outside shot of taking a pen, and I don't think he should be taking pens. His overall pen record is pretty bad, but he did score the pen that day. And you know, maybe, maybe he just asked Saka, "Let me have one." Who knows? <laughs> yeah, possible, I guess. We we I know we we're talking about forwards, but we didn't discuss this in the Arsenal section. You are not taking Odegaard. I'm not taking Odegaard. I feel this. This is probably my bias, but. I'm surprised because you have always been a very big fan of Odegaard. So why is he not making your cut? I'm a big fan of him as a player. But right now, I'm trying to look at it objectively, right? So I I don't want to load out other players simply because of the fixture, even if I don't think that player would score. So to look at it individually, right? Like, would you bring in Odegaard this week? Probably not, I think. Um, are you bringing him in or bringing another player in you can use this reasoning for any player I guess but are you bringing them in just because of the fixture or because you truly believe that he is a player who can score because if they have nice fixtures but they're not returning then there's no point right so I just feel there are other players that I can get that probably has more upside higher chance of returning players like yes. Eze and a gut feeling on Ramsey I'm, I'm, I'm really feeling very strongly about Jacob Ramsey very high chance I'll start him and play him this week. Interesting. I, I, I hope you do. I want to see it come off. Before we finish off the captaincy, let's quickly just talk about keepers. We we didn't even discuss keepers. It shows you how much we care about it. Uh, who's it's your keeper? John, on it's just Johnston. It is, right? It is Sam Johnston. I'm not overly <laughs> excited about it, but I do feel like Everton struggle for goals. Although Calvert-Lewin is back in training, but it's Calvert-Lewin, so he probably... Okay, injured, doing training. Yeah. <laughs> in training. It's horrible. We shouldn't joke about this. It's, it's a very serious matter. Okay? But uh, I, I'm probably going Sam Johnston. He's at home. Uh, did keep a clean sheet in, I think, what, the last two games? Oh, well, the last game. And looks decent. I'm not... I, I The other option for me is Emmy Martinez, but I don't... I've already got Moreno, and I don't feel comfortable loading up for that away fixture. Pope is an option, but... You're not confident to start Trippier, right? I don't feel confident enough to double up on that defense. Yeah, I think Neto is an option. Although, it is Bournemouth. (laughs) However, he definitely has saves potential. If they do keep a clean sheet, bonus potential. And at home, okay, I wouldn't say they're strong. So, kind of shaky, but, you know, worth worth a punt, I guess, Neto. Although I would say Johnston itself is already a big pun. Yes, other people on free hit might have Johnston, but majority of the players, I don't know, 70%, 80% of the players won't be using their free hit this week. And they definitely don't have Johnston. No one has Johnston unless you're on a free hit. So, Yeah, most people will play Raya, and I think that is perfectly acceptable because as we have said so many times on this pod, and I think we were proven again, you know, right again this week, Raya doesn't need to keep a clean sheet to get points. But five points despite conceding two goals at Wolves. So yeah. if you're not on free hit, that's a very easy just to start, right? Safe machine. 
another player I would consider um, on a free hit if you don't want Johnston, you don't want any of the popular keepers, Leno. I did see FPL Lens, right? Good friend, Gabe, or good friend of the pod. He did, he favors Leno ahead of uh, Johnston. And I, I, he says down, mostly down to Leeds, just not finishing their chances. Yeah, however, I do feel Leeds have it in them to kind of just score one goal <laughs> every game. You know, they've been losing, conceding bucket loads, but always seem to somehow just score one. Usually Sinistera. <laughs> yeah, Sinistera, Harrison. It feels like there are more routes to a goal than Everton. Yeah. Um, we didn't touch anybody from Wolves, which feels a little unfair because I know Villa is sort of like the team to look at right now. But Wolves under Lopetegui have been really decent and yeah, solid, actually. Actually, I would say in one of my earlier drafts, I had Sa as my keeper. A lot of drafts, Sam. <laughs> Everyone on free hit has a lot of drafts. Um, right now, I have Dawson on my bench, just to wrap Wolves a bit. Third on the bench, though. Yeah, it's an away fixture. I think that's what's putting us off. So let's let's wrap up. So who is your keeper, as it stands? Johnston. Boring, but it's Johnston, I guess. You, Everton are so bad away. You, he seems like he probably has the highest chance to keep a clean sheet this week. Yeah, bit of a coin flip. Uh, let's wrap up with captaincy, I guess. <sighs> it's Salah, isn't it? See the excite. It's a good thing we brought him in last week because there's no excitement this week. Yeah, I, 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 I'm considering captaining Martinelli instead. Come on, Sam. No, you, you're not actually doing anything with that. Salah... It is on Martinelli right now. But probably nah, will that, change. I don't know. That's just because you want to be Sam, right? You want to be different. <laughs> it's Sa- Salah at home v Forest. I mean, this is... And really... it's Martinelli at home v Southampton. Salah's on pen. Well, <laughs> Salah should be a pen. Yeah, but, but Martinelli has been returning every single week for the past, like... What was it? Five weeks? And then one blank, and then before that, another three weeks in a row. So that's every eight out of nine weeks with three double-digit hauls in that run. I, I will say this. How many goals? Yeah. Martin, so Martin, I, would, I would say, I would say, I don't think Martinelli is a bad captain pick this week. Is he as good as Salah up for debate, maybe, but I don't think he's a bad pick. I'll tell you why. He's, a, he's an okay pick. I'll tell you why he's not my pick. It's just because he's not going to play 90 minutes. Uh, i picking Martinelli because I think he'll score or at least get a return before he gets subbed off. But he will get subbed off because we have a much bigger fixture middle of the week against Man City. So he's going to get subbed off. Salah is not going to get subbed off. He's going to play 90 most likely. Liverpool have nothing else to play for. So for me, that that's an easy tiebreaker. And Forrest concede a lot of goals and look bad and look like they're going to get relegated. So... Uh, it's only Kayla Navas that's giving me slight doubt, but even then, I, I trust Salah. So, yeah, Salah for me. And I, I think that's it for us this week, Sam, right? Yep. I could leave it on Ollie Watkins, though, Siva. <laughs> uh, and fair play to you, Sam. Amazing captaincy pick last week. All of us, Captain Haaland, you, Captain Watkins. Uh, uh, kudos. I, I moved it to Haaland, took the screenshot, sent it to Siva, didn't click save. Ended up with Watkins as my captain. Worked out really well. So, yeah. Masterclass. Masterclass. Uh, Alright, that's it, Siva. Yeah, that's it. And anything else, Sam? No. Let's get those green arrows, guys. Free hit week is always fun.
Okay, famous last words. All right, see you next week. <laughs> oh, this is the thing.